welcome to another episode of Dishes and Dimes, brought to you by BasketballNews.com. I'm really excited for this episode because we've got a very special guest who I honestly wanted to just let take over and do the hosting duties for today. He is a Raptors fan, just like all of us. He likes another team too, but truly in his heart of hearts is a Toronto Raptors fan. Gee, what is up? Hello, and thank you for joining us. I'm so excited. When Iman asked me today to come on, I was like, I'm clear of my schedule. This is it. I am on This Is A Dimes, my favorite Raptors podcast. Honestly, like, y'all, like, this is not even a joke. Like, after low, like, you guys are appointment listening to me. Oh, that's a lot. You're giving us a lot. It's low, dishes, and dunker spot. But dunker spot's, like, under, though. Like, we don't talk about that. You're doing too much. <laughs> we talk about all. We talk about Dunker Spot. That's a part of the basketball news family. When Nakia you know starts what, answering Nikaya's my text messages on time, we'll talk. Ooh. Has Nakia's big time, Drew? Oh, all Has the time. Has he gotten like, too I'll, famous? So I'll ask him. Like the other day, Sandy. Like the day that we were planning the pregame show, yeah. I had texted him. I was like, "Hey, like this is what I'm planning for the pregame show. Like, can you?" Or it was another. I don't remember. Yeah. I think it was the day the, the, the he came before. It was your hundredth. It was your hundredth. And I had texted him. I was like, "Hey, I was thinking of asking like someone from Dishes to come on for the pregame show. You, would you like to come on for that?" And he never answered me. And then I saw the tweet where like you're having Jose, Nikias, oh. and I was like, "Oh, I guess, I guess, I guess you can't." And I texted him. I go, "Saw the tweet. Guess you can't come oh, on." No. And he's like, "Oh my bad." Nikias. <laughs> All right, so G, you just did it. I didn't. I didn't even get to this. I'm a terrible host. The other co-host that I have with me today <laughs> is that, Sandy. What is that, what is that? Sandy, what I'm is up? I'm just here to listen to y'all. I'm not really part of this podcast. I'm just here to listen to y'all guys. So you're just here so you don't get fined. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so I love that. So Nakai's big time you to be a part of our anniversary episode. Totally, honestly, deserved. Like I, t- I was like, I listen. I would, I would have left my own show to be on the anniversary. I to be on with Jose and James Posey. We'll like, keep that in here. mind for the future. We were, and we were reliving, you know, Heat championships with Posey. So that would have been fun mm-hmm. for you, I'm sure. I'm sad I missed it. Were you a fan of those Heat teams back then? Yeah, yeah. that's when okay. I start. Yeah, I mean, I when Dwayne got drafted is when really like the city i i always like to tell the story i'll be quick about it but like a lot of us in miami are children of immigrants from latin america right so like my dad's colombian and my mom is italian but from venezuela so our parents did not grow up with basketball like we live in a community where people that came to america that wanted to be indoctrinated into american culture watched american football not basketball but when Dwayne was drafted, he was so great that like this second generation of Hispanic kids wanted to watch basketball because like this guy's awesome. So despite mm-hmm. us not growing up with that in our house, he like honestly took over the city in a way that like nothing ever has. So that's really awesome. That's super interesting because I, I liken Heat fans to Raptor fans in a lot of ways and a lot of respects. And I think one thing that you did mention here uh is that a lot of a lot of heat basketball fans people in Miami people in you know southern florida there entirely are children of immigrants are immigrants themselves very similar to Toronto Raptor fans and people in Toronto um granted not from latin america but you know places in the caribbean places in africa um and places in South Asia, places in all over Asia, like we're just, we tend to be children of immigrants. You can look at Dishes and Dimes and see that. I think the vast majority of us are. And 
hockey would have been the thing to be indoctrinated into Canadian culture. But I think a lot of us rejected that because of Vince Carter. So in a very similar way, I think it was it was kind of basketball was a new thing when we were growing up and it was Vince Carter. So there's a similarity there, obviously not to the same extent. Vince Carter was never to Toronto what D Wade is to Miami, but it was a very similar start where it was hard not to love everything that he was doing, being an immigrant and finding your space in Canada. Like, I know for, for me, like, you know, it was soccer. Like, soccer's drilled into you because that's like, especially both my, my mom was from Italy mm. and Venezuela and yeah. my dad, <laughs> Colombian, who played soccer. So, like, I grew up with, with soccer and, and my parents never really liked American football. That's, you know, other other Hispanic people, like, you know, they try to assimilate, right? Like, okay, how do I fit in? How do I talk to my coworkers? Uh, but, but Dwayne got drafted and it's been like, I, this is another funny story. Like, my sister graduated the day of game seven of Heat Pacers. And the first thing said in the graduation was not thank you students, uh, family and, and and grandparents or whatever. It was we're going to finish this early so you can all watch the game. And it was the <laughs> loudest the place got because like this community legit like rides with the heat. It's weird, even though we're a bad sports town. <laughs> Like we ride. Yeah, what is that like? Showing up to games late? They have is, too many beautiful people on, like, in Miami. They they we take so care about basketball. Is that what it is? Are you guys just too beautiful to care about basketball? I've never been on time for a thing in my life. That's how we grew up. Which is I'm not. I'm like I've never been on time. I don't. I'm not on time for work. No one's on time for work here. Hey, work starts at eight. That's a that's a soft eight fifteen. You know what I mean? Like I've been to so many meetings that I'm either late or I get there on time, and then everyone else is late. Listen, time does not exist here. We don't we don't function by the rules of time. If we miss stuff. We miss stuff. Whatever. That's how we okay. Roll. No, but that's that's really funny though cuz I like, I've been working with a lot of people on the West Coast and they have beautiful weather in California. But they will literally send me messages at like 9 a.m. sharp, which means it's 6 a.m. their time or like 8 a.m. and I'm like, "How are you guys up? like I'm not functioning that early, but they're up." But Miami, you know what? I appreciate it. And also, can I just say so we wanted to do a, a heat beat crossover entirely today, so I messaged Alf as well. And I was like, "Hey, can you be on?" And he was like, "I'm at the beach right now and i'm like first of all that's dangerous you can just say no you can just say no you don't have to tell a canadian in january that you are at the beach and i like screenshotted the weather right now because it's uh, like below zero right now and i was just like you didn't have to say that um and he took a picture of the beach because i mean why not so i i get so it unnecessary. 75 and sunny today or i don't know no, what it is in celsius so does that does that, that help with the we, like, i really, didn't need to know that you could have just said february is about to come it's about to get even colder than it is right now like i Bro, don't know it just gets worse Ugh. At least y'all get. At least um, y'all get but snow. But does the does the beautiful weather help at all with the losing to get it back to basketball? Um, um, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, at, at least like y'all didn't get the plague. You know what I mean? Like the the Heat got the plague. Jimmy's been out for like eighteen days, Jeez. right? Tyler yeah. has what they qualify as a as neck spasms. I don't even know what that is. That doesn't sound mm-hmm. fun. Um, Avery Bradley has also the plague. He's probably their only competent perimeter defender at the guard spot. So. They've uh, they've been trucking. I mean, they had to. I mean, James Harden was going one on one against Gabe Vincent Holy yesterday. <laughs> imagine uh, imagine me watching Gabe that. Vincent recently. What happened? Why? What did Gabe do? 
No, I've just seen a lot of him recently. Look, yeah. just a lot more than I expected to watch too him, much. Gabe Vincent. It's too it's too much Gabe. It's how I feel about watching Aaron Baines. I was like, I've had enough Aaron Baines in my life watching Raptor games. Like I <sighs> I want Aaron away. I don't want him here anymore. I just I'm done. I'm just like I, we're either playing Chris at the five or we're going small. I, I've I'm done with the Aaron Baines experiment. We, I love it. You're using the we to talk about the Raptors right now. I feel like Miami. Uh, the Raptors are my passion. His, yeah, no, Peter, my job. Yeah, I was just about to say, like, it's his second that's, team. I mean, that's a great way to put it. So let's let's talk about some of the games. So the Raptors faced the Heat twice um, last week and then just came off of a win against the Indiana Pacers. The Heat, of course, faced the Raptors twice um, and are coming off of a loss against the Brooklyn Nets um, in a completely different game. I didn't watch any of the Heat Nets, and maybe I can ask you for some things about it but to see the Raptors keep the heat to 81 points on the night on to mark the anniversary of Kobe dropping 81 against the Raptors to then drop 124 was it against the Nets I want to know how did that offense start to produce in a way it just didn't against the Toronto Raptors so we'll start there and then we'll talk about the Raptor games so the Raptors and I got got a credit Nick Nurse for this he's very willing to switch uh even Mm -hmm. early in the regular season and I think kind of this kind of goes back to Bam and how when you switch a smaller guy onto him, he's consistently not punishing that. So when you put OG on Bam and Bam and he's able to switch any handoff, Bam gets either Norman Powell or Fred Van Vliet on him. And Bam's not taking advantage of that switch. And then OG can essentially blow up their pet action, which is their dribble handoff with Duncan Robinson. And at that point, you know, once that initial action gets blown up, Duncan at that point has to relocate or start screening and then OG can switch again. And it's just a nightmare for the Heat because now OG's in help position. And that just completely neuters their offense because Bam, for some reason, just refuses to go at smaller guys. Uh, The Nets did a similar thing, except Bam scored 41 and was hitting every single jumper. So that kind of was the difference there. And Dragic was getting a little bit more uh, north-south you know, uh, and, and pick and roll. The Raptors are just, I, I know that they have a lot of miscommunications and it's kind of weird watching them because they've always been like the most organized defensive team. They've been super well coached. All those guys have immense basketball IQ. Even a guy like probably Norman Powell, you would say is probably like the, the least def- like the defender you least trust that plays a lot uh, mm-hmm. at wing, at least at the wing. And, you know, even he last year wasn't really making a lot of positional mistakes. And this year, like, they're getting caught on, like, are we switching? Are we not? Do You know, oh, the, are my man slipped yeah. behind me. That was a play that, so he run, like, little pistol action in the corner. You you have either Dunk, either Andre or Jimmy screen for Duncan kind of coming off that pistol. And the Raptors just totally forgot about Andre. They, they, they kind of soft double Duncan, giving him a passing angle, and then Andre kind of rolls to the rim and, and gets the score. And, like, that's the stuff that never happened with them before but in that game that they won they were really really organized they, they were switching hard they were they were they played bite on defense they had a lot of guys flying and helping they were helping off the corner and they decided Andre Godala I don't care if you're open I don't care if you're shooting 38% from three this year you suck and uh Fred is gonna have his foot in the paint and when Bam comes just like how people do to Pascal when that little spin move comes or when you do that little jab step we're gonna have your man up front and we're bringing another guy from the paint right there at at the restricted area completely neutered their offense and the nets copied that but bam just hit a bunch of jumpers so is that just credit to bam being more aggressive 
Credit to Bam being more aggressive. A little bit of Goron too, because Goron was able to get a little more north south action against the the Nets because you know they don't have a Van Vliet on defense who's just like awesome, right? Especially going across mm-hmm. screens and everything. So I mean, the Nets just have a lot of soft spots, and DeAndre has to drop real, real much. So like he'll sink almost to the free throw line, kind of like Brook Lopez, but you know he's not Brook Lopez. So you know Dragic really gets that 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 lane to score, and the Raptors are just they play that a lot tighter. Uh, Boucher can move a lot better than, than DJ and then Fred really gets around those screens super well so the Raptors drop and their switching is just like leagues better than the Nets so Elf uh, had a tweet that said that if uh, you guys get Jimmy back um, Miami's going into the uh, Eastern Conference Finals um, yeah <laughs> and, and so I just wanted you to either confirm or deny that that's what's going to happen so <laughs> this version of the Heat is incomplete. And whatever they're playing right now, even with all their guys healthy, this is not who they're going to be by playoff time because they're missing right. a four. They don't yeah. have a four-man. They've mm-hmm. decided that they're starting Bam and KO. And then when Bam sits, they bring Precious and they play Precious KO. And then KO will rest and they'll bring in Andre, right? So Andre kind of slides mm-hmm. into the four. And they're basically using Andre and Jimmy as a power forward when Bam or, or KO are yeah. not playing together. So, to me, that's not a long-term solution. Maybe you can get away with it against the Celtics and the Raptors because they also really like to downsize. But when you start playing the Bucks and when you start playing the Sixers and when you play and in the West, there's a lot of teams that can really punish that. I I really don't see Jimmy at the four in crunch time as, like, your best defensive option. And they they need a guy at the four that can space the floor because Jimmy's also not a floor spacer. That's another, it's kind of like the right. other thing about this that, that makes things complicated. Except in the playoffs somehow. That's, that's so lucky. Like the only flu, I mean, he didn't take a lot of threes. So like, I don't think it like demonstratively affected their kind of production, but like he's, he's not a good shooter and he's not a good pull-up shooter. No. And he's, yeah. But in the playoffs and against the Raptors, I mean, oh, he's been he's been known <laughs> he's to light the, the Raptors up. Is that Goron specifically as a as a Miami uh, Miami Bulls, especially as a Chicago Bull? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Miami Bull, Miami. Uh, Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler. That never Miami happened. Bulls. Dwayne never went to the Bulls. So, do you think <laughs> that Miami tries to make any um, roster changes before the uh, the uh, the deadline? He's nodding. For mm-hmm. sure, I think. PJ Tucker's obviously the guy that everyone's yeah. gonna want. Mm. That's the guy that would fit. I don't know what that would cost. Victor Oladipo's made no secret that he wants to get the hell out of wherever he is yeah. to come here. Um, obviously, you know, Indiana and Houston, not as nice oh. as Miami. So he doesn't really solve a lot of their issues. I think if you bring Depot, you you kind of fix some point of attack defense stuff, but you don't really fix your power forward situation. Right. So it's gonna be I, I think they're really gonna try to move on a guy like like PJ or I don't know who else is going to be. I mean, you know, guys become available kind of closer to the deadline and, and guys pop up. But Gallinari was the guy I really wanted in the offseason because he kind of mm-hmm. gives them another scorer from the yeah. wing, can kind of switch a little bit. They need to find a guy to switch because in the playoffs where they're most successful is when they can switch every every action from off ball to on ball and surround Bam and Jimmy with shooters. Right. So that's kind of going to be their goal. Um, I, I want to ask just a couple more questions about the Heat, and then we can switch over to the Raptors. Um, Duncan Robinson. What? So the Heat are going to reach a point where they're going to have to start paying their young guys, and that's coming up fairly soon. What do you think that he gets? 
Um, that's that's an issue that the Raptors had recently, and they've, they've ended up paying their guys, and I think they, they came out faring pretty well. We could talk about OG Ananobi and Fred Van Vliet and what they're looking like right now. But what do you think it's going to cost for the Heat to keep um, Duncan right now? So let's look at Joe Harris's deal. He got four years, 75. So he's at 16 this year, 17 next year, 18, then 19. I think any Duncan deal, if Duncan's agent is worth his salt, he's going to come with a copy of Joe Harris's deal and say to the okay. Heat, this is where we start. Yeah. I, I've always kind of felt that Duncan would give the homie discount for the Heat because they just get guys to do that all the time. And I do think that he gives <laughs> the organization some credit. Um, Sometimes it does happen. Like, I, I think it, it's been clear, like, Dwayne didn't want to do it yeah. another yeah. time. Uh, they haven't asked guys to do it since Dwayne. Um, yeah. They've asked guys to take shorter deals, like Goron, right? They'll give them a big, big payment. I can definitely see Duncan doing that to, to keep a team. I think you can sell him on the fact that you guys made the finals just yeah. a year ago. I agree. My man lived in Michigan for a long time. It's cold there. <laughs> I I don't I think that factors into this. I think when you live in listen, Michigan's not sorry to people in Michigan. Michigan's not a nice place. Um, he grew up in in York, Maine, something called York, Maine, which looks like the size of Key Biscayne, which is a small island here in Miami. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, I've talked to people. It's listen, it's different when you live in those places and you get a taste of this and the no state tax, and that's how the heat kind of finagled discounts. But I, I'm thinking, like, I, I mean, he's earned at least what Joe Harris is getting. I mean, he's he's yeah, too no, good. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. fair as well. All right. Well, the last question that I have for you about the Heat is, well, you kind of touched on it already, and we we, we talked a little bit about their, what they're missing this season. But what is that major drop off versus from where they were last year to where they are this year? So they were like not a good regular season team last year. Like I think we mm. don't remember that they got their ass kicked by the Knicks I'm and the you. Nets back to back, right? And like I didn't like when Heat fans were just like we kicked the Raptors' ass, and I was like I don't know, man. They kind of scare me. I mean their records a lot better than ours, and OG can do crazy things to Bam. And I'm like I don't, I wouldn't be puffing yeah, my chest if we I were y'all. Yeah, yeah. I was like Kyle, Kyle will murder Kendrick Nunn on any pick and roll possession. And I was like I'm, I'm scared, guys. I don't know about that. I didn't want to play y'all. I, I said on the pod, I was like I'd rather play the Celtics. I was like, I'm not scared of Daniel Tice. I'm not scared of Jason Tatum. I'm I'm not scared of them. I'm scared of OG. I'm so right mad there that with we you. Miami in the playoffs. I am so mad I, about that. I, honestly, like to me, even that's how, like just looking back on it, I'm just that that entire playoffs. Unfortunately, it, it happened the way it did, and I, I I think the Heat were probably well suited to playing in a bubble i think um it maximized if you want to say that heat culture is a real thing it maximized whatever that is um you know jimmy looked fantastic in it and i I think it worked for them and we also saw just not the same bucks team even though uh, the heat and the bucks matchup i think a lot of people probably would have taken the heat just be for for you know as probably the one big upset that would happen in the east um, but I just think that like it was weird for everybody. The Celtics, I mean, the Sixers were obviously missing Simmons. The Raptors were missing Siakam. You can tell me he played, but I don't remember it. I, I didn't see it. Um, so uh, it was just it was weird all around. And hey, I mean, the Heat did what they were supposed to do. They played the team in front of them and they made the finals. Credit to them. Back to the Raptors now. A lot has been ailing the Raptors right now. My theory. 
um, and it's prior to their their recent streak of wins, um, has been that the warm weather has confused these guys into thinking it's May. So they're producing like they would in the second round. I want to throw it to you guys. What do you guys think is ailing the Raptors right now? Although they do look good, and I want to talk about the negatives up front so that we can focus on the positives for the majority of this podcast. So... Oh, for me, to, I, to the, I, I to just the room think here. Tampa has bad vibes. Like the difference it between it, it sucks. sucks. Like the difference between Pascal when he was on the road sucks. and Pascal in Tampa, home, quote unquote, is like ridiculous. Like he absolutely hates it in Tampa. We need to get him out. Like uh, I don't know. Have you? Has any of you been to Tampa? Uh, no. Why would you choose to go? No. to Tampa? It's a horrible place. <laughs> It's horrible. I would never. I cannot stress. I'm so sorry, Alex. If you are listening to this, (laughs) we apologize. I like. I'm. I'm telling you, it's a sad. Like any. Most of Florida is a sad place outside of Miami and the Keys. But Tampa, (laughs) Tampa and Jacksonville are like a special kind of sad. It's like there's too many retired people. Mm. Everything looks a little run down. It gives you an illusion because you're by the water. But in reality, like that water is like not that great because it's the Gulf water. It's not. it's a sad place i'm telling you and is there beef between miami and tampa like do you guys or does miami just not even consider we don't acknowledge yeah we don't we don't think yeah we don't think i mean we don't claim florida miami's the bad bitch (laughs) miami's the bad bitch everybody else is just basic so yeah exactly like we don't count like we don't associate with anybody else it's just like from like palm beach county not even palm beach county from broward county to the keys like that's us you keep Palm Beach, you know, 45 lives there, so y'all can keep it right. Florida. Um, so <laughs> we don't claim that. I feel you on that. All right, so let's actually, let's talk about some of the games. So first up was the first game against the Miami Heat. That did not go mm-hmm. our way. Um, and can we talk about that? So the Raptors had been facing a lot of the zone. We saw it against Charlotte. They had, what what was it, seven points in the in the fourth, 12 points in the fourth against the, the Charlotte Hornets in the game. Um, and then Miami did a, just a more aggressive version of it. And I'm going to be honest, we were doing our one-year anniversary live show. I didn't watch that. I'm sorry. Uh, and it was a watch party, but we did anything but watch that game. It was really fun. If you guys didn't check it out, we'll post some of the audio from our conversations with Jose Calderon on it, which was a lot of fun, and James Posey, um, and the guy Stunkin. <laughs> but... Um, uh, can we to the room like what happened in that game specifically what happened to the Raptors offense and what happens to the Raptors offense quite often when they don't play the zone and should that be the time where we see some Matt Thomas minutes because everybody's been calling for it and if you're going to have a zone buster it's probably the guy who can shoot from absolutely anywhere what say the room I like for me the Raptors offense that game and, and it's why and it's funny because on my pregame show for the Friday game I said I just don't see the Raptors being able to get to 100 points without Kyle because really it felt like they labored to get any kind yeah, of decent look sure. like especially in pick and roll and I think a lot has been put on Pascal but I really think mm-hmm. it's like on everybody like I know that Pascal I mean Pascal's still putting up like decent numbers but for him it's more the shooting has gone away Right, so if he doesn't have that pull up three or even that spot up three, his life just becomes a lot harder, and that really falls on Kyle as like the lead, like up top pick and roll guy. And we know Nurse is not running complicated offense. It's pretty simple. Guy comes up to screen. You have OG stationed in the corner. If Fred's not in the play, you have Fred on the other corner. You have Norm on the wing, and they they run a pretty basic offense, right? So 
if Kyle's not able, and he's not like the fastest guy, so he has to really get his like like stuff with deceleration and being crafty. My favorite thing is when he gets in front of a guy and he does, people call it this, the, this, the Chris Paul or the Trey young, but really Kyle invented the getting in front of a guy and hitting the brakes. Right, yeah. That's the yep. Kyle. Cause that's that you have the big booty. You have the, you have the, I mean, the brakes kind of hurt the other person right behind you right there. Yeah. So we know that he was suffering with an injury that game. And when he doesn't yeah. have that pull up, right. So like, with that deceleration, you're constantly like kind of rocking back and forth. So when he has that pull up in his bag, it changes a lot. But that was missing. What did he shoot? Like three for ten or three for fifteen? Something something really bad. Um, oh, it was like one for ten from deep. It was it was bad, right? And and he's yeah. a guy that when he's coming off a handoff or a pick and roll, like you know that he's coming up firing, or he can take you off the bounce, mm-hmm. which is what makes him great because he's such a willing shooter even though he's not like a 40 percent guy he just takes so many that it's gonna hurt you so when that's not going in your offense and when that was their offense i mean how could you expect them to read not even that the heat are a good defense but you know they're good enough at times like especially with bam and that drop that it's not much you can do like it's for me i watch them and and if og's not having a night or if powell's not having a night and Fred, uh, we talked a little bit pre-show. He's shooting like forty-eight percent at the rim, which is like legit inexcusable. Like forty-eight percent is like that's bad. You got to be in like fifty-five to sixty. You know what I mean? It's considering he gets to the rim so often, he's so good at yeah. it. So yeah. if yeah. he's if he's gonna give you that, like you got to be better. Like we can point at Pascal and we can wag a finger and be like that spin move, and they know it's coming or blah blah. blah. But I mean, you look down the floor and like I know it's not Kyle's fault. So there's a, there's a lot of blame to go around for the offense, starting first and foremost with Nurse, refusing to guard screen for bigs, refusing to really use Pascal as a roller mm-hmm. often to get him going Oof. instead of posting him up 15 times, right, that we know that that's not, like, not, sustainable no. offense for them. And It just, like, it doesn't even look pretty anymore. Like, it just, like, it, it's just, I don't understand the appeal in it because, I don't know. I'm tired of watching him. And you know, he's yeah, it's, it's not annoying. comfortable with his ball handling either. So he gets into the post and he's just like shaking because he's scared that he's going to lose the ball. I'm, I don't want to watch Andre Iguodala just open palm slap the ball straight out of Pascal Siakam's hands. I don't want to watch that. And I, I, mean, I think it's, it's fair to say that no. none of us do. Um, although apparently, karate chopping the ball out of people's hands is an Andre Iguodala specialty. Is that is that, that correct? That's what he is, that's is that what he just... does at this point. That's he get he does that. <laughs> that's his and, defense. And he jumps the passing lane. He's great at that. He's got that down. <laughs> Yo, he does. He's, like, he knows exactly where to be to stop that. Um, but that's that's like really funny, and I'm I'm tired of it. Uh, and we could talk. I I think you made a really good point there. Um, but let's pivot over to the next game that did um end up looking very nice for the Toronto Raptors keeping Miami to only 81 points, winning that game, running away, although it did look shaky there for a moment in the third, to end the third and to start the fourth. Did you guys think that game was an L? Because I really went in being like, okay, yep, they lost this shit. And then they come up with a (laughs) 20-point victory. How did that happen? What happened in that game? So 
like I said, I said pregame, I was like, the Raptors are just not going to get to 100 points. Like, I just don't yeah. see yeah. this team that labors on every position. Like, I'm exhausted watching Kyle yeah. work. I was like, God, that should yeah. not that should not be this hard. And by the way, like, one of my favorite Raptor stats is Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, and Kyle Lowry on the court together are outscoring teams by 8 points per 100 possessions in 300 minutes. Offensive rating of 112, defensive rating of 104. That's really yeah. good. That's winning. That's really good. That's winning basketball games. Who is that? Fred, Kyle, and OG together yeah when those three guys are together they're winning games when one of them sits so if fred is sitting they're minus 13 if it's kyle sitting they're winning by five but i that's that's i think that's affected that comes from the sacramento kings game and yeah um by beating them by like a trillion points yep and when all three of them sit they're getting they're only outscored by by four which is actually pretty pretty okay but they they have good players and when those good players play basketball they win those minutes. It's when you start mm-hmm. throwing in that those Aaron Baines minutes, those bad Powell minutes. Like we got to keep Norman Rice him on every day, just like every after day. game, just keep him there and, and just hope it hope it gets fixed. Um, yep. So I was what, um, what is it about Norm specifically? Because it, it, is it? So I saw this theory rolling around Twitter that when a Raptor is down is when the team tries to is when the team steps up. And what we saw last season was a lot of guys coming in and out of the lineup and the Raptors really just outperforming in every night, regardless of who was there. And the thinking, I guess, behind these tweets is that a lot of these guys are high usage players like Norm, and he needs to have that usage in order for his value on the court to be a positive because if you play him in limited stretches and he doesn't know when he's going to play, you might just get the nothing norm because whether it's confidence or what have you. Um, But he needs the ball in his hands and he needs to be given run and he needs to be given time, I think, because you're going to get some terrible norm minutes and some awesome norm minutes in the same, like in a a 10 minute span, but you need to play him the 10 minutes in order to get both of those. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, uh, is is there something to that? Is there something to norm playing in the starting lineup? Um, Because I think the Raptors are what, 11 in the last 12 games, have won 11 of the last 12 that Norman Powell has started for this team dating back to last season. So what is it with Norm that we're seeing the best of him when he's in the starting lineup? He can play off other guys. I think that when he's not kind of getting yeah. as many on-ball reps, he can float, he can shoot, he can attack a closeout, right? And I think he's still guarded. I mean, he's he's still shooting the ball well. I mean, he's shooting 39% from three, and he's basically done that for the last four, three, four years, right? He's shooting 40, 39, 39, right? So he's a really good three-point shooter on volume. So he's guarded, right? He's not like how Andre Iguodala is guarded that you just leave him because you're just like, ah, whatever, you can shoot that. I don't care. Oh, they completely ignored him. Um, it was like it was honestly games. like kind of hilarious. I was like, oh, that's yeah. Weird. They just left him at the corners. They were like, oh yeah, hell off like, him multiple cool. times. That must be embarrassing. And he, he made them pay. He made them pay like at least once. I remember he one three did. dropping at the very least. That. Just one. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember that one. So. But Norm is guarded, right? So like when a dude's yeah. closing out on Norm, that's a hard closeout. So Norm is like, okay, I can take a dribble and go to the rim. I'm athletic. I can fly. Like it's really that's like a really great position for him to like when he has a ball handle. When you ask him to do stuff, that's when it can go. He's not the best decision maker in the world. Sure. Yeah, you whenever you need Norman Powell and you're forcing decisions on him is when you're going to see the worst Norman Powell. He works as kind of um, an extra to your lineup. I mean, that's why he worked really really well alongside of Marcus Soule because he's a great cutter. You kind of have someone else with the ball in their hands making the decisions for him. Enormous spectacular in that role. 
Um, so do you think... I mean, he can't start, right? Like, what do you do then? What do you do with the Norman Powell? How do you, how do you play him with the starters enough for him to be? Like, what does Nick Nurse have to do? Do you just stagger the minute so that Fred sits earlier, and you're bringing Norman and letting him play with the starters? What do the Raptors have to do to make to maximize Norman Powell? So, uh, like, they have a like they can play small. I don't know how much nurse wants to do that like you know you can against the east you could start og at the five or pascal at the five like that's not something that nurse likes to do but like you can do that you can downsize and like you could put those guys have norm at the three you're just anti aaron baines I just don't want him in my life. Like, I just want him away. To get this guy out of here, bro. He's, he's like, you can play Pascal and Mark. He's uglier. He's uglier. Worse, Mark Gasol. Like, get away. Is that unprofessional? Am I allowed to do that? I don't know. I'm sorry. Aaron. You're allowed to do whatever you would like. I'm sorry, Aaron Baines. But yeah, I don't, I'm like done with him. I'm done with slow-footed centers who can't move and can fake shoot. Um, I don't, I don't know if you have to start Norm, but I do think that, like, you can play him with those guys. Like, I, I think the, the numbers that we just showed um, kind of detail that. Like, he's better with ball handlers around. The team is good when yep. Norm Norm plus ball handlers equals right. good, right? So, as long as you kind of staple his minutes to that, it doesn't necessarily have to start. But as long as he's closing with those guys, and, I mean, I mean, it, if, if Boucher's having a good game, obviously you want to close with him. But, you know, I think closing with OG or, or Pascal at the five is, is really just the move for what they have on the roster. Like... There's no Ibaka anymore. There's no there's no Mark. So, like, really, your best options are either OG, Pascal, or Boucher at the end of games. So, where do you think... Okay, uh, this is to both of you guys. Where do you think... We're going to talk about the Raptors and the Heat. They finish amongst the Eastern Conference. Like, do you guys, for one, think that they're in the same tier as each other? Um, and where do you guys think both the, these teams finish in the Eastern Conference? Ooh, I, oh gosh. Um, <laughs> you know what? I think they actually are in uh-huh. the same tier. Um, and I okay. think it's going to be in, it's interchangeable. It's either going to be five Raptors, like four Heat, or f- four Raptors, five Heat. Like I, I just feel like they're going to be really close in terms of seating. Um, okay. You guys think you're thinking they're going to be in that four five yeah. matchup? So like the Heat Raptors is potential playoff series. Yeah, I that think we're getting. so. I, I I could definitely see okay. that. Okay, G. What about you? I know we're I'm asking to project well into the future. It's only January, but if you were to, so I we're I only a to... month into the season, you guys. I'm 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 projecting far ahead, but uh, still. <laughs> So I, I kind of agree with you, Sandy. Like I, I think that's like four or five easily. Um, and I, the reason why I don't put the Heat higher, and my answer is going to be a little weird. I do think they're, I don't think they're in the same tier, but I do think they end up four or five with a pretty close regular season record. And the reason I say that is because the Heat don't play their real style of basketball in the regular season. Right. Because in the playoffs, okay. that switch, that that switch defense they play is really taxing. And not only that, the way that they use Duncan and Tyler is a really tough hedge and recover. Hedge, recover, mm-hmm. fight over screen. Jimmy really taking the lion's share of the ball handling. And there have Eric Spolster teams have always been known to pace themselves, especially when they have a superstar. Mm-hmm. 
So with a guy like Jimmy and Bam, two arguably top twelve players, right? Like they're not gonna they're not gonna run those guys into the ground, especially not mm-hmm. Jimmy. So I don't and but Jimmy's missed I think eighteen days already or seventeen days with the COVID plus whatever time he needs to get back into game shape because he's not just gonna fly in and play minutes, right? Like you hope that once he's t- testing negative and healthy, they're gonna practice and we're gonna bring him up to game mm-hmm. speed. So who knows how much another week or two right there. They're six and nine, right? Like they can't really they can't really hemorrhage more losses, but they probably are. Uh, so they're probably gonna. I think the Raptors and the Heat probably finish four or five. I think the Raptors are really good. I think that that start was weird. I think some of this stuff is gonna correct itself. Like we know Pascal is a good shooter. I think that will get fixed. I do think that the offensive limitations they have is real. Do we know that Pascal is a good shooter? Mm. I think so. I mean, the the mechanics look good. Okay. I think that he's. I mean, He's I mean, a- Chris Boucher's mechanics don't look good, but he's a good shooter, so. He's the guy that I'm not sure of, right? Like, that's for me. I'm just like, I don't know how that's going to look next year. He's riding hot. I mean, Pascal shot over 36% so, so any Gia, year that he's that, played. Um, Boucher is going to regress? Like real minutes. Maybe not this I think year. His shot, he's like shooting like 49%, bro. He bet like that. He's not gonna shoot forty nine percent from deep. His shot looks makes no sense. I am so sure it's not going in, except it goes in every single time. And so I'm just like, okay. Like he had one where I swear it was like, I it didn't even hit rim. Like I think it was just like super right. Like and it looked the same as all of the other ones did. So I had like no projection of it leaving his hands where it was gonna finish <laughs> because I was so sure that it looked like everything else yeah. he's ever shot. Um. And yeah, uh, and the Pacers broadcast was like that wasn't even close. And I was like, but who knows? Every time it leaves his hands, it right, looks the no. same. I mean, he's a guy that it's I not think the prettiest he, shot, but it's effective, he'll, bro. He'll be like a league average shooter at worst, I think. I'll take it. I mean, what is he shooting? What I'll is he shooting it. right now? Like forty nine percent's got to be. Like it he's is literally. 49%. I feel like he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't miss, yeah, bro. He, doesn't. he hasn't. Been. It's thirty forty nine. Point four nine one, so right on the money. You know what, Chris Boucher? I believe in that forty nine percent shot. You're gonna average fifty percent and be the greatest three point shooter Let's in the history go. of the NBA. Because you Why know what? Not? Why not? This is a positive. This is a positive podcast. But I, I wanted to ask you guys that because we're facing uh, today. We faced another team that was. It should be in the same conversation of that sort of four five range. But it was interesting enough that you guys had the Raptors as the four five, which probably means. You don't see the Pacers in that 4-5 slot. So is no. this your sixth seed? You see the Pacers kind of falling out from that 4-5. Okay. Yeah. Um, both of you guys with emphatic nose. Yeah. Are you believing in a Sabonis-led team? <laughs> like, are we believing I in am. Malcolm Brogness and Sabonis? I know they're I good. Am. I'm not. I'm I sorry. Am. I'm not. No. So both of you guys are not believing in the team. Interesting. No. no. So what is that? Your sixth seed? I th- six, six or seven. seven to, yeah, I agree. Whoa, bro! Who's who would be the six? What is the top? What does the top six in the East look like? What well, we have now. So, okay, no, in no particular Indy. order. You've got Bucks, Philly. Nets, um, Philly, Celtics, Raptors, Heat. Heat. Oh yeah, so that's the seven. So who was I was forgetting the Celtics? Obviously, I was forgetting the Celtics. Okay, so then. Okay. <laughs> no, because oh, they don't so even look like seat. a. That's fair. I was forgetting they, the Celtics, to be honest. They don't look like a, a two seed. Like, playing them today, I, I don't see them 
sustaining in the top four seed. But is there something to the fact that like the Raptors kind of know how to scheme for this team because they play and they run the exact same thing? Right. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I I do think uh, the Raptors have the Pacers' number for sure. Um, And uh, but and can we just? can we talk about OG? Yeah. Can, I go, yeah, can, can we, we just talk? forget? Yeah. Can we just forget yes. everything? Like, because I was just going to be like in Sabonis, and I was like, why are we talking about Sabonis without talking about OG and Anobi? Oh, our baby is growing up. Bully. Oh my god, Bully our baby, my son, baby, why? Your baby so had shy. a baby tonight. I think. I think he has a new <laughs> he child. Does. Welcome to the family, Demontis. Welcome Sabonis. to the family, Sabonis. God damn, OG is. Oh, if everything comes. Some of those possessions. Sorry, go ahead. Look like when a dad is just bullying their son at a pickup game. Like when you when you put your shoulder into, into your kid yeah. and you knock them over yeah. and you just yell "Get big!" as you dunk over them on a five foot rim. That's what it. That's what it, I experienced. <sighs> OG doing to his son, Demonte Sabonis. <sighs> It was phenomenal, but let me just say, like, this isn't the only time that we've seen OG step up. He's looked really good in the last two weeks. I think he's shooting 50% from deep in the last two weeks, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Let me pull up some OG and Anobi stats for you. My favorite. Do, 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 Not trying to kill time. Yes, I am. Um, he's at 40% on the year. He's at 40% on the year, but the last two weeks, I believe his splits have been, like, nearly 50% from deep. In the last five games alone, he's averaging 20 points, 7 rebounds, 1.2 assists, 2.8 steals on 54, 61, 83 splits, bro. Babe, babe, God damn. <laughs> Like, he's just been insane. In the last 10 games, he's been averaging 17.6 boards, 1.4 assists, 2.3 steals on 52, 53, 77 splits. All right, so he's not the greatest free throw shooter, although 80%, bro, that 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 is, like, that's something that we don't see from, from OG enough. And, like, it's not like he's not getting to the line at all. He got to the line 10 yeah. times tonight. He's getting yeah. it done in every single way. He's hitting his three-point shots because there was a time where he was a little iffy, but he's been absolute money from the corners. I think they were saying Matt Thomas like was helping him with his mechanics and like changed his shot to start the year, and now he's gone back and reverted back to his old style, that and that's sense. why we're seeing that percentage that skyrocket sense. again. But his, his game and his improvements have been what Raptor fans have been calling for for a really long time. Um, Sandy was saying as soon as she got in the meeting, she's like, can we just talk about OG Ananobi being being able to create for himself and like just taking it upon himself where the offense can run through an OG Ananobi makes no sense. And I don't want to have a conversation about today's game without talking about Fred Van Vliet because I think I often overlook the value that he brings to this team both on the defensive end and the offensive end but I just think Fred had a game where he played within himself which was really really nice and was absolutely spectacular on the defensive end as well Um, and so this was just one of those games where you got to rely on Fred and OG and Norm and Aaron Baines had a good game and it just looked like up and down the roster there were guys that you could count on and it felt very much like a Raptors game where guys would be down and out Pascal and Kyle as the two guys that are down and everybody else took a step up and performed either to their expectations or exceeding it and I thought that that was just Raptors basketball in the way that we love yeah absolutely um it just felt like the team that I've 
grown to love. And it's it, it had remnants of last year's team where you're down a man. God knows if you're going to even make it through this game. And you just fight your way to to the finish. And, you know, there was... a. Uh, in the third quarter, I was, it got kind of shaky and I was like, oh no, like the Raptors of the last, you know, 11 some odd games has returned and they, they figured it out. And, um, it just felt really good to have a win like this because I was starting to feel like their identity as a team was changing or shifting or they were unsure of themselves. And this kind of confirmed to me that they're still the same team. They're just, they're just trying to figure themselves out. Um, OG was, absolutely spectacular and I, I feel like the thing that I was the most excited about was his self-creation like just being able to create his own offense just made me so happy because if he's able to do that our ceiling the team ceiling it's completely it shifts completely if OG um, is able to um, create Sandy cut out there, but as she was saying, it shifts completely. I think the long-term outlook of the team shifts completely if you have an OG and an Obi that looks like he can be the number two guy. Um, I think a lot of people came in with expectations. Are you back, Sandy? Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, so I was talking to myself. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> um, so, no, uh, all I was saying is that I'm really happy if, if OG's... Um, if OG is able to create his own shot, um, the ceiling of the team completely changes. And I'm just really excited to see what he looks like moving forward. Um, and it's going to be interesting in terms of usage, how much they pass the ball to OG, knowing that um, he's developing in these areas. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited for the next, the next couple of games. It was fun watching him bring sure, the ball to yeah. court sometimes. Like I just I just enjoy seeing other people bring the ball up the court. I think Heat fans love watching Bam bring the ball yeah. up the court. That always seems like an exciting moment on my timeline. Um, so I'll throw it to G. What do you think about OG's game today? So, like, kind of going to the point about rebounding, when you can rebound and bring the ball up, that saves you an outlet pass, and you can run your yeah. offense a little yeah. quicker. And that's going to help the Raptors kind of grease the wheels of their offense. If they're not, you know, if you bring the rebound down, where's Kyle, right. where's Fred, and then give it to him. That's not as convenient as, oh, I can take the ball down and I can push and we can get some semi-transition sets because Raptors are really good in transition. They're good on chaos. That's one thing that they still have from last year. They're, they're good in those yeah. kind of transition pieces. And then, you know, you have a lot of shooters and, and, and really- Are they good in transition or are they not? Are they bad in half-court sets? No, I'm kidding. They're legit. <laughs> it's so annoying. Yeah, no, they're but, um, crazy yeah. good. Both are true. Yeah. Both can be true. Yes. <laughs> but that's, that's having a lot of vets- that are really brilliant. I mean, the the collective IQ on the Raptors, even without OG, even without Mark and Serge, it's still like through yeah. the roof, right? Like there's so many smart guys. So a guy like OG, maybe not as the second option. And like, I want Raptor fans to understand, I think Bam's only scored 30 in the regular season twice, right? So what OG did is not a small feat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like for a guy... For a guy like that to explode, like that's a really promising sign. The way that as you, Sandy, as you mentioned, that him getting his own shot, kind of, he's a guy that is defended as a shooter, which I think is like, I think that we're so obsessed yeah. nowadays with what are guys shooting in their percentages. Right. Oh, this guy's shooting really good. What's your gravity? Because a guy may be shooting thirty six percent, but like you're gonna have a different kind of pull depending on how you're respected right. as a shooter. And OG is one hundred. The guys yeah. in the league 
respect him as a shooter, which means that he's going to have more closeout opportunities. He's showing a little bit of off the dribble game, which he's shown flashes of in the past, but I feel like he's kind of going to it more. Um, He's not the quickest, but I do think that at his size and at his strength, he's really smart. He can really pass. He's getting better at passing out of that. I think that if the Raptors start incorporating a little more offense, that's like a little more movement in their offense. He'll have a little dump up pass when the guys come to help. I'm so excited because already, like, I think he's a defensive player of the year talent. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if I don't think I think this year's maybe a wash for him. <laughs> it's a little, you know, we're already a quarter away in the season and the Raptors just haven't been a good defense. But if if next year, if they can really get, you know, kind of sure up some some of their loose ends, he's a guy that can legit compete for defensive player of the year with like a pretty sizable offensive bag. Right. He's amazing. Yeah. We He's wanted to draft so him. Fun. As He fans, we were rooting for the OG Ananobi pick. And when we got Bam, we're like, who the hell is Bam? <laughs> who is this guy? <laughs> There's a famous clip of, of Nikias going, Bam, who is, why, why don't you just get Epe Yudo if you wanted that? <laughs> oh, gosh. That's, that's hilarious. Said that live on oh, the show. Jesus. Said, whoa, if you that's wanted that. That's hilarious. That's so funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no, that's fun though, and you know, I think the only time where you're, where to your point about gravity, I think the only time where someone's percentage being good enough that like we don't need to have that conversation is when you're Chris Boucher and you're shooting fifty percent. <laughs> if you're not shooting fifty percent, then it's all about like, are you pulling a defender out there to guard you? Which now Chris Boucher is, um, because he was shooting fifty percent. We've seen the way that teams are guarding him has yeah. changed completely, where he's not going to be given yeah. the space. Um, and that's because he's just been absolutely destroying teams and the scouting report is out on him. Yeah. He's not um, being guarded so, as much as I would like, though. Like, I still think that teams are just like, I'm going to roll the dice on this. And he gets, like, the Raptors really like the topside three. They like yeah, topside and yeah. corner threes. And, and that's kind of what they their shot diet. Um, I would kind of like them to give Boucher some more looks on the wings, especially as trailers and kind of. He's not Kyle. He's not taking those. I feel like that's the only person who takes those. Who else takes those in, on the Raptors? Not, not even yeah, Fred, Fred right? Because Fred is no. just Fred it's will step really into Kyle. it. It's just Kyle. He, he will. There's not a shot in the world that Fred VanVleet won't step into. So his like fuck you, I love fuck you today. Like right next to the logo was like, oh, that was, <laughs> I was nice. like that's such a Lowry shot. Bro, that that was, was such nice. a Lowry shot. I was just like, so bro, that was nice. Yo, Fred is nice. Like I like he, a lot of people think that I dislike Fred VanVleet. I do not dislike Fred VanVleet. I love Fred VanVleet. I just recognize his limitations. And I wish that, you know, and I'm not going to say I wish that he recognized them because I think if he, if he did, he would have never been the player that he is. His motto was literally bet on yourself. Um, so it's about not recognizing any limitations that exist. But like you said, he's been really terrible at finishing at the rim. Um, what would you have him at? 48% yeah, is what you said? 48.5. He's been really, really bad at that. And we've seen the growth in his game at finishing. He was, he came into the league and it just seemed like every single one got knocked down. And then he became elite at it in transition specifically where if, if Fred had the ball and he was pushing it, like there was, uh, there was not a single person in the league that I would have believed could have stopped him. He was like, just the acrobatic finishes that he had were fun. It wasn't just through sheer force or anything. It was weird finishes that tended to go his way. He still consistently drives. And I think he drives far too often as opposed yeah. to looking for his teammates and runs into bodies. And there are literally three men that look like two Fred Van Vliet's top on top of each other. That's how tall they 
are in comparison to him. And he still, without any thought or regard for anybody else on the floor, will try to put a shot up. And to me, that just doesn't make sense. And if you're the point guard of this team and you're supposed to be the decision maker out there on the floor and the playmaker out there on the floor, you just have to make better decisions than thrusting your body into five different guys and expecting some weird finish to go in or expecting to call to go to your way when it hasn't. And it I, I just feel won't. like Fred's at this point where he's constantly trying to prove everybody wrong. Like he knows that um, Raptors beat writers, um, everybody who pays attention to the team has said that um, he should not drive. Like he should like pass. Honestly, Fred passed the fucking ball and he's just like, oh, I can't finish. Watch me finish this whole season. And he just he's just very stubborn. That's just his M.O. But sometimes it's a little bit too much bet on yourself. And he does, to be it's not about teammates, but right? Fred like, has never been about bet on my team. He's been about bet on me and I'm going to show you what I could do. But that got you paid, buddy. That got you paid, and now yeah, you have to no, play I within the team. And that's my thing about if you want to be a point guard, you need to play within the team. And to me, it's just like, why? Why Why didn't you kick that one out? Why, why so did you decide to put that one out? Every single time he does that, and it's like, I don't – and we, we talk about it. Kyle's much better at it, but Kyle has this big caboose that <laughs> can make space, room yeah. for himself. Yeah. Um, he knows how to stop to push a defender. Just like he knows how to control his speed in that way where he literally stops and his defender goes flying over because he didn't realize he was about to stop right there and that caboose right. was in his way. Um, and he knows how to just like bang down low because right. of his caboose. Fred is built kind of thick as well. Fred has a thicker middle section, broader shoulders there. He can create space for himself. But instead, he always wants to finesse. Just, like, I don't know. He always don't just wants to finesse. He wants it to look like pretty. And he's still really good. Like, it's not me disrespecting Fred VanVleet in any way. He's really good. He's, he's one too of the strong for yeah. players. Um, and I just... Um, I just... I would like more. But, um, yeah, sorry. I was going to say on a positive note, the Raptors are only half a game out of playoffs okay. right now. And the Knicks play today. So if the Knicks lose to the Blazers tonight, 10 o'clock start, we could all be waking up with the Raptors being the eight seed in the go, East. Let's go, baby! Guys. Welcome back. back to the finals, baby. Look at that! We're back in the Going playoff to the race. Finals. You guys. They're two games. They're two games out of third place. Like let's That's like crazy. this season's <laughs> weird. They're two games out of third place. Season's That's fake, insane, man. This season's bro. so fake. This season so is fake. so fake. Are y'all like? Do y'all think like we've said on Heat Beat for a long time? Like this season should not be happening. Like, no, this is they, sh- no, they should fake. literally this is a cancel fake the season, season, and it should not be happening. I, I mean, you- literally, the Raptors are playing out of Tampa. Of course, we don't think the season should be happening. Nobody should have to live no. in Tampa. That's just not fair to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care how much they pay you. That's just being forced to live in Tampa is just after. Toronto. It's like one of the nicest cities mm. in the world. Am I allowed to say a nice thing about another Canadian city? Or I don't know. I know how I know how y'all are over there. No, no, no. Here's the thing. Toronto has no beef with other have cities. Beef with other us. cities have beef other with ci- us, but that's because they're not us. I went to Vancouver a couple of years ago, and I, they're like, Here's "Oh, have, have you been to Canada before?" And I was like, "Yeah, I've been. I've, I've been. I've been to. Uh, I went to Winnipeg." And I've been to Toronto and I, I'd been to like other places over there. And they're like, oh, oh, but like Toronto, like that place, like is not that good, right? I go, no, it's pretty great. I don't <laughs> know what haters, you're talking about. Bro, they're such <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, they're you're going to, you're going to change your mind. You're going to change your mind once you spend a little time here in BC. And I was like, okay, we'll see. I mean, BC is beautiful, beautiful, but it, it's beautiful, Toronto. but it's, it's beautiful. kind of boring. Toronto, nice. better weather than Toronto. 
Are you sure? Because um, it rains you know a lot over there. Yeah, it does. It does. That's true. It does rain. They just have they have more mild um, winters. It's Seattle and weather. Yeah, less for sure. humid. It's very, it's very Seattle. Yeah, it's just. Um, I think my thing about Toronto is like I just need the diversity. You know what I mean? And I just I like want to walk around and see people who look like me, and I can't do that in Vancouver. So you know, for that. Uh, I was surprised about that in Vancouver, like how multicultural it was. Because like I, I kind of had the impression of like I'm going to this white ass city, but whatever. And no, it was like incredibly multicultural. That in a way, like, like everywhere, like a lot of like you know Asian American, a lot of Asian Canadians, a lot of a lot of people call us Americans. Yeah, I was about to say Asian Americans. Asian Americans, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's Asian Canadians. Um, like a, a really good, great diversity yeah. of people that I was really surprised by because I was like, I thought I was going, I thought it would look like Winnipeg. I'm not gonna lie, I went to Winnipeg for a World Cup game. Um, how was Winnipeg? You know what? We I'm pretty sure we have listeners in Winnipeg. We love it's all nice. of Canada. I like Let's the just leave it at that. Do like a dishes and dimes Canada. I went to we the should do a dishes and dimes Canada tour. That was nice. I, I, I don't know what that means. I just can't live anywhere outside of Toronto. Maybe yeah, Montreal. Yeah, maybe Montreal. So, Toronto, Toronto's... I, th- I can probably move to I can't Montreal, do the French, I can't though. live anywhere outside of Toronto. French. I could do the French. Oh, I did French okay, immersion so my entire good. life. I should I'm, be able to I'm do the French. Show off. Um, oh, my God. So, I um I changed my the like the weather app on my phone to Fahrenheit because I was trying to show Alf when he said he was at the yeah. beach what the weather is here. So, I looked down at my phone right now and it says 28 degrees. And I was like, what? Oh, geez. Okay. So, um, uh, I did want to just talk a little bit about the games that are coming up. And then we got a couple of questions that I wanted to answer from, from some fans, uh, or listeners. I find yeah, it weird calling people listeners. fans. Listeners. All right. I so let's yeah. take a look at some of the games that the Raptors have coming up. So tomorrow, back to back, they're playing the Indiana Pacers in Indiana again. Um, I imagine that w. we're probably not going to get Kyle Lowry or Siakam back for that one. What do you guys think it's going to be? Do you think the Raptors take that one again? Second night of a back-to-back. We know a lot of those. W. I think we're going to get the W. Oh, yeah. so quick. W. So w. quick. W. W. They're not getting beat by Sabonis. Sabonis is not going to beat his father. That's not how this works. All right, gang, gang. And then probably the game of the week for the Raptors facing Ooh. the Milwaukee Bucks on Ooh. Wednesday. Cowards. That's a win. Cowards. <laughs> Going to oh, be okay. in Tampa. Cowards. Okay. Cowards. So technically a home game. Okay. Ooh. Those are all, okay. those are all for, other than Drew Holiday, they're all Fred Van Vliet's children. So facts. what are we? Facts on oh, facts. What, and Norman what are Powell's we children? And Norman Powell's children. And Norman's definitely starting that game. Here we go. They um, better pray that Kyle's not there. They better pray. I love how you're calling him Norm still. Miami Heat. Fans are gonna listen to this and wonder why you're calling. They're gonna more. get mad, but who cares? <laughs> but listen, I want to see, uh, I want to see Lopez get cute and drop when Kyle's coming off that handoff. I dare you, Brook Lopez. I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then um, Friday night playing the Sacramento Kings. That's that should be a W. Which I it should be. It's a Bro, the Raptors had dropped 144 points on them in regulation. I, it, to me, I feel like it would take the Raptors two games to drop 144 <laughs> on a regular defense, um, and they were able to do it against the Kings, who have just a god awful defense at this point. And then the Orlando Magic were suffering with every single yeah. injury under the book. Um, so it sucks for them because they looked really nice heading into the season. I think part of that was yeah. continuity when a lot of these teams are trying to find themselves with like a shortened training camp and no pre like a shortened preseason mm-hmm. and all that other stuff. 
magic came out hot, and then of course, um, they're the magic. <laughs> yeah, they're the magic. What's his name? Why am I forgetting his name? Markel Fultz goes down with the ACL, um, or was it ACL or Achilles for him? A- ACL. ACL. Um, and and they're just they're just you know hurt. So we're, we're thinking we think that one's a win as well. So what is, is that? Isaac I said, out for the season. The rat- you must think it's a four and oh. Yeah. Oh. Jonathan Isaac Ooh. is out for the season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. So do you? Guys I saw him at the Capitol though. You guys. <laughs> oh. You saw him at the Capitol. Yeah, I did. <laughs> he was one person. Yeah. Yeah, with crutches there, he was a dude with crutches you look, at the Capitol. If hey, you now. look at the footage, you know you see you see a guy with a limp in the background, kind of wandering oh, no, the, the halls of Congress. <laughs> I saw that. Uh, yeah. Oh no! He, he finally. Oh, was, there were two guys. Were there not two guys limping? It was MPJ <laughs> and, and Isaac together with their limps. I'm kidding. He loves to. He loves to stand. Guys. So you know, well, he was he was standing. Oh, there. No. <laughs> um, okay, so you guys, you guys are calling a four yeah. a week. Yeah, oh, easily. I agree. Easily. Wow. They're not going to lose to anybody named Buddy. They're not going to lose to anybody named Buddy. And they're damn for sure not going to lose to Aaron Gordon, who cries. If you want to come to the Raptors, we're not going to be mad at it. Do we want that contract? Um, Do we want that? um, That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. Yeah, that's true. You know what? That's fair. That's fair. So we're going to. So four in a week. All right. You know what? I'm going to take it. Who do do they lose to? But you know what? I love the optimism. I think they lose mm. to the Bucks. I mean, I think they're gonna lose to the Bucks. Um, but yeah, I I love the optimism here. Uh, so the question is, what do you think about cutting back on Fred Pascal plus bench minutes, and go and going more with Fred OG mm. and Kyle slash? Okay, so time out. Let me read this again. What do you think? So this is by Big John Pod who asked, what do you think about cutting back on the Fred slash Pascal with the bench? Mm-hmm. Okay. And going more with either Fred and OG with the bench or Kyle and Pascal with the bench. So you're splitting up Fred and Pascal and you're either putting Fred with OG and Kyle with Pascal there. So Fred plus Pascal minus Lowry, which is kind of what I'm assuming this will look like. Minus 10 mm-hmm. in almost 200 minutes per 100 possessions. So yeah, he's saying cut that out okay, and cut focus that. more. If you're going to cut that, yeah. And then play Pascal and Kyle. What do those minutes look like? Pascal and Kyle minus Fred is minus two per 100 possessions. Oh, it's better than minus 10. Well, minus 10 per 100 possessions. Uh, and then what do we have with Fred and OG? Fred and, oh, by the way, Fred and Kyle without Pascal is a plus 31 Ooh, per 100 possessions in 50 minutes. Uh, <laughs> we know that. <laughs> uh, so Fred and OG we have at, together, they're at plus seven per 100 possessions in 500 minutes. Okay, so that's, all right, so we like that. We that, we good. like we like that staggering of minutes. I, to be honest, like I think I have always loved the Fred and Me Pascal too. pairing with each other, but I guess the numbers aren't bearing it out. And Kyle and Pascal, sure, like Ibon, yeah, that's, let's that's, let's run more of it and let's let's get them to run a lot more of the pick and roll. Use Kyle to screen. Use Kyle as a ball man. I don't care. Use you know Siakam as your role man. Use Siakam as your screener. I don't care. I mean, or the ball handler. I don't care. Um, but I think we just need a little bit more of some Fred Van Vliet, or sorry, some Kyle Lowry and some Pascal Siakam pick and roll action. So I think that those Pascal Fred minutes being so bad is really a product of their shooting, because Fred is shooting only about thirty five percent, which is like I guess it's okay, but. You really need him to be an elite shooter, right? And if he's not hitting that at a 38 and above percent clip, like you're not helping your offense enough 
when you're pulling up. And when Pascal's shooting, you know, mid-20s from three, you're really not helping. So you're basically kind of out two guys that aren't hitting shots in kind of space. So I think that's what's more happening there is not that they're just suddenly not good together. It's like the shooting hasn't been there. It's just their shooting isn't there. Yeah. But his, uh, that's interesting that you said that because I didn't pull up Fred's numbers. I, I honestly didn't realize that Fred was shooting as poorly as you said he was until you said it. To me, if you're asking me who's been shooting poorly for the Raptors, I would have said Pascal. And I probably would have said Kyle just in recent games seems like he's been cold. But I feel like Kyle maybe has been hot and it's Fred that's been struggling with his shot. And maybe Fred just had big games. Is that what's happening right there? Sandy, what about you? What do you think? Because it wouldn't have even have occurred to me that Fred Van Vliet is shooting well below his like season averages. Yeah, no, that's actually very surprising. Um, yeah, no, I'm not quite sure what is going on there. I'm not quite sure. Um, I trust that his shot will come back. Same no, thing with Siakam's. Like, I'll make jokes about it, but like, I, I trust that Siakam's shot's gonna come back. It just it, it will. It seems to be failing I'm him just right not, now. It's, I'm not I don't, worried not about worried that. About at all. It. Yeah. It's gonna regress back to the mean. There, uh, we saw it with OG Ananobi. Um, he's fully regressed back to the mean. He's shooting lights out recently after having kind of a cold start to the season from the corners. Um, and the other question that we got here is from Jerboy Jones, who asks, uh, on your opinion on Lowry's contract, what's your opinion on Kyle Lowry's contract and the options of trading him? Do you think it's better to run with what you have and add on the fringes? Or is it better to do a soft rebuild around the younger guys in your core? Pascal, OG, Fevin Vliet, and now Boucher. Why is it so assumed why? that Kyle's Yeah, like I just don't understand why everybody's so sold on that, to be honest. I, I, I just don't think it makes it. sense. I, I'm like, money-wise, it doesn't make sense. Nobody's going to want to take a 35-year-old point guard unless they're contenders. And I don't see them... Clippers can't afford him. No one has cap space. Yeah, exactly. No Nobody has, has cap space. space. And then... There's no money to make it work. But to me, it's like... It's not even so much about trading him right now because the Raptors are not going to take on any bad contract. There are only so few teams that would be willing to trade for Kyle Lowry. They're teams that want to win it all right now yeah. anyway. And there are teams that have the ability to trade for him. Raptors are not taking... Like, those those trades for, like... Well, you can include Marcus Morris and... Blah, 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 or Markeith, I forget which one is a clipper. Um, Patrick Beverly. And you're just like, nobody wants Pat Bev. Nobody wants to keep on these long contracts. And... The other teams, I don't know, have the assets to do it. Maybe Philly is, like, the only team that you can conceivably see doing something like this, and I don't know that they pull the trigger necessarily on Lowry. So maybe it's not so much a trade, but do you guys think you think he's back next season? Because I'm on the other end of it where, like, for Lowry's sake, I just think go win a ring, take a discount somewhere else, and be a contributor on a championship team because it doesn't seem like the Raptors are poised to do that next season. I mean, but I wouldn't be surprised if he also decided that he wanted to stay stay with the Raptors for the rest of his career. I just Why? wouldn't be surprised by that. I think Raptor I'm fans not saying are more, that I'm not saying can, that Kyle's like, like this think... super like sentimental dude and like loves Toronto. That's not what I'm saying okay. at all. But I do I do think okay, that okay. he kind of respects um Masai and what Masai has done for his career and um I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if he decided he wanted to mentor 
the the team. I I wouldn't necessarily that wouldn't surprise I'm, me. That like, would. For, I don't know why, because everybody seems to be adamant that he's leaving. I just don't necessarily think. Unless it's the right situation where it maybe it's like a Philly and he wants to go home and win a ring. Yeah, great. But if that's not the option that's out there for him, I'm not going to be surprised if he says, okay, you know what? Um, I've got a ring here. I like being a Raptor. Um, I like this team as is. I want to help them develop. I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if it went that way as well. So we'll see. I agree with you. Like everything that you said is basically how I feel. I am okay. I I'm probably not going to be loved for this take. I come from the opposite end. I think we as Raptor fans put a sentimentality on Kyle that doesn't exist. We love him in a way that like I'm not saying he doesn't love us back in that way, but like we put on this like Demar Derozan era like esque love of like you, we love the city. You know Toronto's home. Uh, I'll put you on my back like uh, I got you or whatever Demar said in that tweet. We put that on Kyle when in 2017, if Kyle had the opportunity, he was gone. Yeah, but I do think I right? do like think he wanted to be a San Antonio. 2017 Spur. and 2021. Kyle are in but, different But situations. nothing's really changed, right? Because it's like, he he didn't talk to Masai Ujiri in 2019, yeah, but right? I, like, he was I, that I, upset I, I with him for trading DeMar DeRozan. I, Kyle recognizes I get, that it's a business. He's I, never I been the type saying, to say right? Toronto like, I get, is my I get home. what you're saying, but I, he, he and that, he but. has said that, and I do think I do think he has said that. He said that in his, he said that the same year he right, tried to but leave. But I mean, though. things do change, you know what I mean? right? Like the relationships so can change, it. and that's that's my whole thing. It's like I, I I just I don't think Kyle's the way Kyle viewed the Raptors in 2017 is the way that he views the Raptors right now. Having wandering, having like seen Fred and Pascal develop, like I do think it's a different Fred that we're speaking about now. For the listeners, I don't want y'all to jump on this like bandwagon about he's staying and then he doesn't stay, and then you're like, oh, Sandra said he's going to stay. Um, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it wouldn't be, surprise me if knowing that he's accomplished what he's accomplished in Toronto and knowing that he's going to go down as the greatest Raptor in history if he decides that he wants to stay and develop the team. I would not be surprised by that. Okay, that's fair. I see what you're saying. But where I have my counter is he's never said or done any of those things to make us believe that in the same way that DeMar DeRozan consistently had. DeMar tweeted out, I got us when Chris Bosh left. DeMar has constantly talked about Toronto Did being he though? home. DeMar, DeMar? <laughs> Did he have us? Oh, that's as well. No, he didn't. But you know what? That's a conversation for another day. But like DeMar DeRozan, like literally wore this city on his back, rep the city in every chance that he got. We've yeah, never seen saying, that from Kyle. I'm not saying that he doesn't feel I'm this not way. Saying that I'm he not has saying to, he doesn't feel that way. Hold on. I'm not, not saying that he has to rep us. I'm just in saying that. we were I don't even, I don't even think I'm projecting, no, 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 though. I don't even think that like, it's a projection thing. I'm not, I'm not speaking specifically to you, but I think when people say that he's going to stay, and I'm not saying he's definitely gone or anything, I think that like we're projecting this love for this city and for this team on him when he's never explicitly said or done anything to show that in the way that guys okay. in the past have. And that's not to say that he doesn't love the Raptors. I'm just saying we're like he was traded here against his will. 
He has said, and we all know that he wanted to leave like the first Guantanamo. chance. It pretty much was. It was. That's kind for, of how it is, minute. though. That's kind yeah. of it was. That it was. It, that's pretty much how tr- being traded to the Raptors is, right? So he was traded here against his will. You can go back to that press conference. I remember watching, being like, Landry Fields excited to be here. Kyle Lowry is excited to speak to Landry Fields and nobody else on his team. Like it very much felt like that, and the Raptors adopted him. But even even with Raptor fans adopting him, it feels, and maybe this is where my defensiveness comes from whenever Raptor fans talk about this, because I'm like, you guys, like, it's very much you didn't, you weren't shooting with us in the gym. Like, what's that line? Because I was like, you guys weren't loving him like this before. Like, it was after you guys got spurned by Kawhi Leonard and DeMar DeRozan got traded and all this stuff that you guys came on this bandwagon here to love Kyle Lowry. Okay, so Y'all this whole argument, so this whole argument is about the fact that people were not Lowry fans It's not even about that. It's not even about that. But there was very much so here's the thing he got traded here he obviously didn't want to be here he was going to be out first chance he got he stayed because the Raptors were doing something right it was very much building towards something with him and DeMar he he saw that he got the most that he can get from the Raptors they paid him as much as he could in 2015 he stayed 2017 he very much had a foot out the door despite the fact that they were clearly building something despite the fact that his best friend was here despite all of that stuff it was very clear that he wanted to be a San Antonio Spur. Spurs didn't want him, weren't interested, and the Raptors were the only thing left, and that's when he called it home. That's when he put out that piece about it being home, but it wasn't home because he was trying to leave, right? Um, and all of those reports were out, and he stays. And then they trade his best friend, and him and Masai Ujiri don't talk, and there's this really tumultuous year that we don't know about in 2019. We don't know what went on behind the scenes with the Kawhi Leonard drama, but we know that there was drama. We know that there was favoritism at hand. We've heard some of the stories coming out from the Clippers locker room that's just tied in there. We don't know what happened there, but we know that there was drama specifically between Kyle and Masai and around the Kawhi Leonard rest situation. So it's not like everything has been hunky-dory. And now we have this season where... Like, bro, people were talking about, where is Kyle? Oh, he's off playing golf, or he's not here. Why isn't he at training camp? Why isn't he with the team on preseason? Why isn't this, that, and the third? We don't know. And I think we're projecting onto Kyle this thing that's unfair. So if he does leave, and this is probably where most of my, like, thing is coming from, is, like, if he does leave, I don't want people to be like, well, he spurned us, and he was supposed to stay, and he was supposed to do this, that, and the third, because he wasn't. He literally owes this team nothing. He won you a championship. He did his job. If he chooses to leave and go and win himself another championship... I'm worried about how the fans are going to turn on him. And that's probably where most of my defensiveness comes from, because that's what exactly he, what he should do. He should go to a contender and win a championship. It, it Why the hell should what, he be here to develop Terrence but, Davis when he has a championship? I, I understand what you're saying, else, but bro. if, again, we don't know what his decision is and we don't know how he's... Here, here, yeah, here, people here, are projecting here, some weird stuff mom, on him. Like, mom, oh, he's going to stay here to on, babysit the young guys. Here's the thing, right? We have an idea of what we feel like Larry wants. Like right now, with the way that he's playing, I do think he can get another ring. A chip. Absolutely. I do think he could go yeah. somewhere else and get another ring. But we don't necessarily know if summer comes for sure. He's going to say, I want to go to Philly or I want to go to whatever, the Mavs or wherever. To, to get another ring. We don't know, right? We don't know either. We don't know Obviously, either way. So I feel, I feel like, like idea. a lot of it is defensiveness. A lot of it is like, oh, like obviously he's going to leave because this team is not good enough to get a ring. Yeah, no, it's not good enough to get a ring. That's but not how I, I do feel think, about it though. But you don't know Go ahead. what the team's going to look like by year's end. Like, that's, I think that, yeah, that's thank fair. You. That's a very, that's a very fair point. You. But I think if the team is as, because there's a lot of, 
Like, well, he can look at how he can develop these young guys. Bro, he wasn't with this team in preseason. If he cared about he's, developing them, he would have been there in training ne- camp trying to develop them. But he's never there. Season, dog. Like, Kyle's oh, he's, but that's Kyle's, exactly it. So he but doesn't care. That doesn't necessarily mean he doesn't care. It's just what Kyle does. I'm not saying he doesn't care. I'm just saying he's not. If you're about. If your priorities are develop the young guys so that Toronto has this thing moving forward, which doesn't make sense to me. It's a business. Don't ever prioritize developing the young guys. Go chase your ring, Kyle. Like, that's how I feel about every player in the league. But if that's truly what you're prioritizing, you would be there for preseason games. You would be there in training camp because how else are you developing guys? Like, how else are you, like, during the regular season? That doesn't make any sense to me. So like my whole Bro, thing like, is come on. my whole thing is my whole thing really? is like that I'm doesn't saying, make any sense. If that's I, it, then you're there for winning games. You're not there for developing guys because half of them are not what playing I'm during the regular here season. Is that I do think he's he's likely to go, but if he stays, I'm not necessarily going to be surprised by it either. I just feel like with Kyle, um, because he hasn't ever been like super expressive about the way that he feels about the team and super expressive about the way that he feels towards fans or whatever, that it's kind of up in the air. I do think that he took the big contract and there was maybe a wink-wink kind of um, deal made with Masai when the the contract came to an end. I, I definitely think that was why he got as big of a contract as he did when he, when he did, when he signed it. So there is a possibility that he could decide to stay. However... Um, now that Giannis isn't an option, I think that was tied to that. Probably that wink, wink, um, deal was probably tied to the fact that they were trying to get Giannis and they were trying to build, um, another team that he could possibly get a ring on. Now that that's not the case, um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised that he decides that, okay, yeah, no, I want to go to Philly and get another ring, but ultimately it wouldn't. I can see him. What I'm saying is, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I can see him deciding, you know what? I'm the greatest Raptor. How is Philly going to get him? They're, like, they're not. They're, like, I, I, don't I, don't know know. I don't know. I don't know how they're... Like the market... But like, I don't know what, what he's going to go to Denver? Like what, Kyle's going to go to... That's the only thing. If he stays, it's because it's the best option. It's not because he has a sentimentality towards his team. We just talked about D-Wade not taking a pay cut to stay with the Heat. But There's no, that no, like, that that story what, what? that story is different. That 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 had to do but, with Dwayne feeling like the organization did not love him. He's like y'all. But but do you think that Kyle doesn't? Do you think Kyle watching the team trade away his his star? Do you think he has the, the thing about D like, Wade? There was a love between what Pat Riley and like Mickey Harrison, whatever, um, to D Wade. There's this relationship there with with him that I don't necessarily think has ever existed with Kyle because for the vast majority of Kyle's time in Toronto, he was not the franchise player. He was not it was, like he was the best player, but he was not the face of the franchise. That was DeMar DeRozan. And it was very much Kyle being this stubborn, you know, bulldog on the court, but DeMar DeRozan being the face of the franchise. I don't know that he ever had the relationship that D. Wade had with the other guys who drafted him and, you know, won the championship with Shaq and then went on to build the Heatles with the other guys. Like, I don't know that that's I mean, the same thing. Just have to win well, see. like, would. With Dwayne, he, if Kyle stays, it's because there's no market out there, and that's kind of been the case. Sorry, every G, time what, he were, what were you gonna say? <laughs> like, real quick, like with Dwayne, like he 
when he left, he left for like about the same money that he would have got in Miami because of the tax stuff. And, and he just wanted the organization to be like, all right, we'll move a second round pick and McBobs so that we can give you, right? Because he just did the, okay, well, we're just going to pay you the rest of our salary cap. And he's like, how about you like make a little effort to like pay me a little yeah. more? Because he was never the highest played player on the team ever, right? And then at the time they had Max yeah. Hassan. And then, that's wild. Yeah. I mean, well, that's kind of the, like he gave perpetual sacrifice for the organization for, for yeah, the, yeah. In the name of winning and all this stuff, right? That was, that was, right. so he, he felt personally hurt. And he did, I think the relationship with him and Pat has always been overstated. I think when Henry Thomas died, that relationship changed and they've talked about it, but they did not, I don't think they had, they had always a very contentious relationship. I think Pat is very, I don't think Pat has a relationship with the new age guys as he did with Alonzo and, and Timmy and all that stuff. Like with Dwayne and him, it's. We don't talk about Alonzo on this pod, sorry. Oh, my bad. So, he who shall not be named. Uh, them. Uh, but, Mr. Knight. Yeah, I mean, but, but <laughs> Dwayne, the Dwayne thing is is complicated. I, I, I think that the Kyle thing is going to depend on a lot of factors in terms of market. And I think that the sign and trade in the offseason, because of the uncertainty of the salary cap and because of kind of how like Philly can't be hard capped next season it's too complicated because we don't know what the like we don't know how things are going to look next year i think we think we think we we think we know we're going to look like you know the vaccine and everything but we really don't know right so no you don't want to hard cap yourself and then not have wiggle room when you might have like five guys missing like a month right like so i think the the hard cap (sighs) plays into it in a way that i don't think we've considered and a sign and trade automatically hard caps you so you got two very um passionate takes on what is going to happen with Kyle Lowry. I think both of us just kind of, I think we would both love for Kyle Lowry to stay back. I, I want him to retire. Right? I'm not I on the side to, that I doesn't want him, want him to want retire him back. as a Raptor. I really do. I do feel like he doesn't have value in a trade either. Like yeah. that's the other thing. It's like, what do you, you know, the heat, what can the heat give really like that? There's nothing that he can give. That, <laughs> you talked that, about this literally on hangover there. time with us. No, it's true though. Like, what? Because I don't really like because it was literally because we were talking about it on Angover, and I was just thinking about it, and I was like, "What do they have that I'd be interested in?" Achua's the and only I thought, thing. Up and down the roster, and I'm like, "There's literally two players that I like on your roster, and they're both untouchable." Um. So I mean, it's it's and and that's kind of the same thing, just up and down the line, and it's going to be hard for teams to to take him. So if there's no market and he wants to get paid, I think Toronto would make the most sense. Seven but, in the um, rafters, baby. <laughs> yeah, Seven in the rafters. Jared Bargnani. There we go. Perfect way to end this. I hate you. Why? Um, <laughs> what? I don't. How are you going to retire like, both Bargs and Kyle? Don't Larry? like. Don't like Bargs. Isn't it crazy that like probably one of the most um, disliked. Toronto Raptors and the most beloved Toronto Raptors share the same jersey number. Ten and seven. Ten is my most disliked Toronto Raptor. No. Oh my gosh! No, I was talking about Andre Bargnani. I know. Oh. I know you were. I just wanted to get Demar Slander. Oh no, Demar, we love you. There's You're another Demar hater on our podcast. That's a that's a y'all thing. That's a y'all another feeling. Another Demar hater. Oh my god. Oh yeah, that's like uh, yeah, we're both we're both kind of Kyle lovers, and you know the two Demar haters. Um, so please join me whenever you would like, so that we can uh, talk uh, lovely about Kyle Lowry and roll our eyes at all of the Demar DeRozan <laughs> love um, that gets featured on this podcast. Thank you everybody so much for joining us. Thank you to the people who sent in questions. Thank you so much to Sandy. Uh, thank you so much to G. Tell everybody where they can find you and plug your podcast real quick. You can find me at G Navas one hundred and three. That's G N A V A S. 
Plus 103 on Twitter. You can find all my bad takes <laughs> there. Uh, we do Miami Heat Beat at MI Heat Beat on Twitter. And you can find us on Twitch every almost every day we're streaming uh twitch.tv slash mia heatbeat uh you can find our pre and post game shows post game show hangover time with alphonse sydney he's hosting hangover time he's banned me from hangover time <laughs> i was only allowed because the, the raptors played iman you saw how they bullied me iman I, so I, bad to him. he was really bullied specifically because he's a raptor fan you guys holding it down for the raptors and kyle Lowry. i'm so we appreciate bullied you on that show. Welcome. Welcome. uh thank you all. i love, love y'all. you check that out can i can I plug my non-sports yeah, of thing? Course. Of course. So I do. Uh, I you can ha- plug your anime. I have a YouTube channel where I do video essays on anime. Oh. It's quite my little passion project. Uh, it's that subtitled anime on YouTube. Uh, they're sappy. Do you have any essays. works? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I cover like I, I've been covering a lot of films lately. Uh, I've covered Liz and the Bluebird, which is my favorite Naoko Yamada film. I've covered Silent Voice, which is another Yamada film, which I highly recommend anybody watch on Netflix. It's really accessible. The dub is really good if you don't want to read japanese subtitles or or whatever but uh if you like anime and you want to see kind of a different way in which uh people talk about it and cover it and look at the medium check out subtitled anime on youtube it's my little passion project and uh, i want to i want to keep growing that that's awesome perfect that's super dope it's it's Um, really not i get picked on for it It's not cool I at all. I saw you get picked on for you it. So it's bad so, on there, it's cool. I like. It's bad. I like when people are passionate about something. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I have never really been able to get into anime all don't. that much. I've tried it's, a couple it's hell. times. Yeah, don't. It's it's not worth it. It's I, I've tried. You know, like my I, I don't really know what like our popular ones, but I remember as kids, my friends were really into Inuyasha. <gasps> I've seen that. My heart. Um, my I've, heart. I've watched Death Note. Oh, that one's good. That's a banger. Um. And I can't really name any of the other ones that I've gotten into. Is is Avatar? I guess no, that's, that's technically that is not. That's no, an American. It's, mm. it's anime inspired though. It it's anime inspired. I loved Avatar, um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for me. So that's all I really know. Um, but um, I'm sure there are lots of people who love anime, and I think anybody who does something that they're passionate about and finds this interest and goes all in is really exciting. That's what we've done here with Dishes and Dives. Y'all are um, killing so it. Listen, it. I want I want to tell y'all because I don't think people understand how difficult it is to run a podcast. I think people just think it's flipping on a, a switch and you talk into a microphone for an hour. It's it does a lot that goes into the upkeep of recording every day, especially when you start when you don't know how many people are listening and when you're doing an audience for 10 or 20 or 100, you know, you think what's the point? And just for you guys to keep on going to do this, to grow this at this exponential rate that you've had to be on a net. I mean, it's a keepy like five years to be on a network. That's like the that's that's how, that's the running time now. It, like normally, like you guys really took off from day one. A great show with incredible women who have amazing chemistry, who are smart, who are funny, who are personable, and that really love the team as much as the people listening. And like what you guys have done has like no short of like an incredible feat and how much you've grown in a year and like i i love y'all i'm fans of y'all and uh i'm so excited for what the next year's holds for you guys oh love you Thank too you. we stand yes love we love you too um and also if you want to hear me and sandy yell at each other some more over where kyle lowry is going to be check us out on clubhouse because we do this pretty much every single day we yeah. go back and forth with each other on on where kyle lowry is going to end up um sandy i love so you fun. this is a lot of fun Gee, um, whenever you want to come on check out everything um, please let us know open door honestly just let we us have know. to have you on the live pod for sure and like we get a yes. little bit more um raunchy and disrespectful on there so 
if you want to um, if you want to help preview the Bucks game because I feel like that's probably going to yeah. be the game that we do this week. Um, let us know. Please hop on. And so we can slander the Bucks all together. That's fun. We hate Chris Middleton here, but we love Nakaya. So check out the Dunker Spot. He loves Chris Middleton. Um, and check out every other pod on the Basketball News Network. Thank you so much for joining us today. Peace and love, everybody.